So let's talk about what Gen Z really think about entering the world of work. Delighted to do another episode in my series partnership with Not Going to Uni. So let's start off with um, Laura. How are you doing, Laura? Yeah, I'm not bad, thank you. How are you? Yeah, good, thanks. Let's, um, I mean, look, Not Going to Uni are certainly friends of the podcast, but let's have a bit of an introduction about Not Going to Uni and, and then your role. Yeah, absolutely. So as Chris said, I'm Laura and I'm the head of marketing at Not Going to Uni. And as um, obviously we've been on this podcast quite a few times before, but we are essentially a recruitment marketing agency, just really helping um, large organisations as well as um, small organisations as well, hire their apprentices, whether that's um, entry level jobs as well or courses, just basically helping young people find um, these kind of positions that they're, that they're looking for within early careers. And as part of that, we work with a lot of ambassadors. Um, we have a network of over 40 ambassadors now, two of which are joining us on this call. I'm really pleased that they're here with us as well to tell them their experience, tell their experience. But I think with our ambassadors, it's a really big part of actually helping our audience in terms of students understand what it really is like to go into the world of work from that kind of education background. Um, Cause it is like a really big jump and we speak to students all the time about it. And I think it can seem quite scary. But having ambassadors like Kira and um, Kelly like kind of explain what that experience was like really just makes young people feel a bit more comfortable, I guess, and confident going into it. So yeah, I'm interested to hear what they both have to say. Yeah, lovely. Well, a few few months ago, we did have Connor in the studio. And we he we talked through some similar kind of topics, but it was really we got feedback straight from a WhatsApp group with the ambassadors. So I thought yeah, great chance to get. Um, Kira and Callie on just to hear it straight from yourselves really and um, so before we get on with that let's have a, a brief introduction about yourselves Off, let's start with you Kelly. Hi yeah I'm uh, Callie yeah so I'm an account manager at a PR company uh, we do PR and communications I started out doing a level three digital marketing apprenticeship elsewhere and then kind of used that wider experience to specialize in PR so that's where I'm at now. Good stuff and how about yourself Kira? Um, yeah, so I'm a procurement lead and started off as a digital business apprenticeship uh, apprentice as a procurement associate as well and sort of worked my way up to where I am now. Lovely. Well, yeah, so thanks for joining. And um, and aren't you, you're somewhere nice, aren't you, today, Kira, at a golf club? Yes, I am actually at Millride in Ascot, which is, yeah, it's lovely. I'll Good show nice. the view as well let's have a look i like it it's like very it. sunny as well um i'm quite tempted to have a gin but you know on work hours you know i've got to keep it yeah. keep it yeah. keep it zen but yeah no it's lovely <laughs> we're doing um a charity day uh raising money for uh, one of our local charities which we support in the business which is lovely and uh Kelly, you you've got some interesting knickknacks in the background there Yes, I have. So we're quite competitive in this office, uh, seeing who brings what back from holiday in terms of tat. So if you can uh, find the tat shelf, there's always an eclectic range of things there that people find the most obscure bit of holiday memorabilia they can bring back. Lovely, lovely. <laughs> so let's start off with, you know, you were, you guys are very much at the start of your careers, you know, and it wasn't that long ago since you were, you know, about to, or trying to enter the world of work, um, kind of, I suppose in a way, maybe feeling like you're left to your own devices and going, right, get on with it. It's, Absolutely. it's you know, yours to do what you wish with. So 
how did you feel about kind of entering or kind of leaving education um, and kind of trying to find that that first step in in your career? What, you know, I mean, so for yourself, Kira, that was when when was that moment? So for me, um, I don't know why, but growing up, um, university was just never really something that I like desired. Like I'd go, all my friends would be talking about university and saying how like they're so excited or how, or I don't know, like, or even nervous about where they're going to go. Um, and I don't know why, but it was just always one thing on my mind that I never, never really not necessarily considered but I just knew it wasn't going to be my path um mm. so yeah and, and I just knew that I was really really wanted to, to make an impact and I really wanted to make um an amazing life for myself and obviously like we're not there yet but we're definitely like growing and growing um which I love but but yeah so I think when I made the first move if you like um was when I left secondary school um when my time was cut a little bit short because of um lockdowns and covid but it paid off in the end so that's all that matters and do you you kind of you were because of covid you, you we were talking about it before you said you didn't kind of you felt you didn't really have the support that you you could have done with no. at the time no let's not- more about that so yeah, not massively. I think at the end of the day, I don't think it was down to anybody individually or any schools or companies. I think it was one of those things where it was unusual circumstances. It it wasn't necessarily that we woke up one day and everyone knew what to do. I think everyone was in the same boat where they were like, what on earth is going on? Um, so I would never put the blame to any individual because I feel like collectively, everyone was in the same position however it's just how I went around that and how I dealt with it I think has got me to a good position where I am now um although I didn't have the the people necessarily to tell me oh this is what you can do this is what you can do or etc I sort of went around it a different route where I sort of was talking to people getting advice um asking what they do in business or researching youtube we have all these resources that are like ultimately free to us and um and i can't like echo enough how important they are to actually like utilize what what sort of resources we can access um so yeah it was a a lot of like sleepless nights just researching really trying to educate myself because i feel like you don't get that sort of work life aspect side of things when you're in education you don't understand what what it is I mean my parents have both um worked office jobs and I'm not gonna lie I didn't know what they did like I just I knew that they worked in an office but I didn't really know what came with that apart from they bust people around and I thought you know it sounds great (laughs) but ultimately like you don't get that exposure when you're growing up um in secondary school it's very a one-sided thing you know the traditional roots of you know becoming a doctor or being a teacher or something and they're absolutely great but there's definitely not enough exposure to other things um as a whole I don't think now you mentioned something really interesting there in terms of like you know like going onto YouTube and I've said I've said before like kind of huge from a employers marketing themselves you know YouTube is such an underrated platform that 
you know, Definitely. It's, it's free for you guys to use. And if the content's there and you've got employers creating the, that content, then that's going to help you. No and, you know, others in your situation. Um, and they might end up even, you know, finding out more about the organization that's creating that content that sits on YouTube, that sits on TikTok, et cetera. Um, what about yourself, um, Kelly? So how did you find it uh, taking that first step into the world of work? Yeah, so for me, it was a bit of a weird one because I did my A-levels and I was kind of just assumed I'd go to uni. Um, everyone around me did. And I was really lucky that my parents, they never said that's what you've got to do or funneled me in that way. They were very much like, well, just see how you go. Um, and I got to the end of my A-levels and I was so sick of being in education that I was like, I need a break. So I didn't go and I potted off and I went traveling and I did a ski season, did all sorts of things and thought, okay, now, now I'm ready to work. Now I'm back. I feel like I've got it out of my system. And I just didn't even know where to start. You know, it's really intimidating. And I think for me, it was like some of the jobs that we will do um, and our kind of friends will do don't even exist yet. And they didn't exist four or five years ago when I was looking for my first job. And, you know, now we've got AI coming into play and everything like that. And there's so much that's developing so quickly. And especially in the area where I work in kind of like digital marketing and PR and comms, it's changed so rapidly that you couldn't, I didn't even know where to start. And when I started, it was already evolving far quicker than I knew how to kind of jump on it and work out what to do. So yeah, it was really intimidating. What's the, that, that intimidating kind of, feeling that's that's an interesting what tell us a bit more kind of about that what 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 was it that you weren't getting that was kind of made it feel in, intimidating for you i think it's a little what, bit linked back to what what kira said in terms of you only know about very traditional jobs which are great if you want to do a really traditional job like a, a doctor a lawyer a teacher all those sorts of things but if you don't you don't know what you're looking for. You can't start asking the questions until you even know what's out there. So mm. I think having that visibility of if you like this, so if for me, it was like, if you like writing, what jobs can I do with writing? You know, if you like working with people, what jobs can you do working with people? And I think I didn't find that employers brought to the table how I could link my interests and my skills to a job I didn't even know existed. Whereas if I just saw okay. the job title, if I just saw, you know, PR account executive, I didn't even know what that was. So I just would look straight past it. But if I knew, oh, I did you know, this A-level or I was really interested in this at school and that would lead me down this path, I think I'd have found it a lot less intimidating. But when you're looking, you just don't know. Did you have like, um, it was when you're at, you know, school, have companies come in or, you know, try and provide this kind of information to you? I don't really think so. I think my college in particular was very much push people down the route. Everyone had to apply to uni, regardless if you wanted to go or not. And I don't think the word, you know, apprenticeship or just getting a job was even, even discussed. So I don't think they wanted to kind of expose you to the other options. So I don't, similarly to here, I don't feel like I had that support from where do you go after education next if you don't want to follow that path. Mm. And where did you, so, you know, where did you go out to find inf that information? It's a bit difficult when you say you don't know, quite know what you're looking for, but you, you started, so what did you do? Where, where did you go out to try and, 
you know, figure things out? Yeah, so I figured I'd better start somewhere. So I went and looked for some temp jobs because I thought that'll give me a good experience of loads of loads of different things. And I did do lots of random different temp jobs. And, you know, they varied. I went to, I found online, um, they kind of run Indeed and um, they have their own pages and stuff. And you can sign up with a temp agency and then they'll just say, right, tomorrow you have to be a receptionist here. And then the next day you're off to be, you know, in the car sales room here. And I really loved that because it gave me a really good insight into so many different things and also what I liked and didn't like. And then I ended up staying at one of my temp for about four months. And then after I went traveling, I said, oh, can I come back? And then I stayed there for another year. And that was in field marketing. So it kind of gave me that essence of, and it, you work with loads of different companies. So it gave me that account management skill. And I knew that I liked working with clients then. And they just really invested in me and upskilled me. And then from there, I was like, I know I don't want to be in field marketing for it, but I like these skills that I've learned and I like certain aspects of the role. And so from there, I was like, right, I think I now need to get a qualification and kind of be ready to take that next step. So I asked a lot of people I knew kind of if they, I thought I wanted to go into the marketing side of things a bit more and then looked around and managed to get a digital marketing apprenticeship, which then definitely gave me the foundations to, to go from there essentially. Nice. So Kira, you've, you know, you already mentioned that you, you know, you've gone out and you know, looked at free resources. You've been on YouTube, you know, to help you, you know, decide what you want to do. What is it you, you typically see from employers or have what you typically saw from employers when they were, you know, marketing themselves to you as, as places to work? I think that's a really good question because honestly, I couldn't tell you anything that stood out to me, which is quite like, you know, worrying in a way. But I think more more so what I remember from when I was doing my, my research and like gathering these resources, it was mainly people... Um, like employers, employees, talking about their days or what they do. Um, for example, even just something like as simple as on TikTok, people talking about their day in their life or um, doing like videos and sort of showcasing what, what they do. I think I got a lot of exposure from that. But in terms of hearing it directly from the employer, I think there was very little of that. And I still think that there is to be honest or maybe they're not getting out the information to target gen z maybe as much or the generations that are sort of coming into work um so i never see them perhaps maybe that's why um or maybe there are resources out there but not targeted to people that are wanting to come into work or wanting to find out all these different options that are available to them so I think that's definitely something that I would want um, employers to do to sort of target their audience um, a bit more thorough and not just one one shoe, one size fits all. Yeah, that's it. One size fits all. Um, but yeah. And what do the the day in the life stuff? Um, do you do you find do you find that was useful 100%, to, to look at? And I think this is something that I will like speak and I would tell all companies that when you give someone even in like when you're selling a product for example if you show someone exactly what they're going to get exactly what it looks like rather than showing a whole like you know 
professional Canva, um, but very corporate type of, I don't know, post, for example, then you're looking at it and you're like, okay, scroll. But when you see someone that's actually giving an insight into their day, it almost mm. gives that element of exclusivity. Um, almost like, oh, like, am I meant to be seeing this? Or like, oh, how exciting. I can actually see mm. what this person gets up to. Um, and I think at the end of the day, I don't know if it's just me, but I think we're all a bit nosy and we all love to see like what goes on in the world. Um, and I think it definitely does. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Human nature, isn't it? Um, and I definitely think that that gives such a valuable insight um, like to link in with even like UG. UGC creators, how they're huge at the moment with um, companies that even that links in that whole type of giving that exclusivity and offering that vision of what it is that you could be going into or what it is that you could buy. What are you actually going to get from this? Yeah, it's yeah, it's a good point, really. I think it's you know, if content feels very natural to the other content around it you know and it doesn't have that always have that sheen that marketing gloss to it then you are going to be naturally curious to, to see what it is i think i think you're right it's what you know what marketers call is you know native content isn't it native content but it's native content isn't just content that sits on the platform it's content that knows it's on that platform and kind of sits seamlessly amongst you know everything else um and kelly what what about what about yourself I suppose interesting from your angle because now you're in marketing or so aren't you so what what did what did you see from in what have you what did you see from employees when they were you know trying to market to you as a place to work? Oh, that's a tricky one. I feel like again, nothing massively stands out. What I would say is everything was quite formal. Okay. And if you're right at the start of your career, and well, not even you don't even know where you're beginning with your career you it's intimidating and it can be quite difficult to feel like you can access that information if it is really formal and then that corporate speak and you know it it feels like it's for somebody else that you're not the target market if you read especially like a job ad that's really stuffy you just think well i don't know what half those words mean let alone the job but and i feel like i found that a lot so i felt like i couldn't really um relate to it i thought oh that's not for me you know i don't have that but if people really scaled it back and just went through, you know, this is essentially what you'll be doing. And if when you do start, you will be in a more junior position. And so I don't think you need to make out like, you know, you're reinventing the wheel over here. Just get to the kind of point of what the the job will be, but come across as approachable still, because if you don't know if that's the job you want, you want to be able to feel like, okay, I'll just drop them an email and ask them a few questions to find out a bit more before I decide whether I'm going to apply or not. But if they don't seem approachable and they seem very kind of formal and corporate, then you're not going to be able to do that investigation because you're just not going to feel like you can access it and they're the right people. Yeah, it's interesting. Is that is that desire to want to come across as a professional organisation that then actually becomes a barrier? Because really, when you talk to most people who are working, no, they're just, well, they're just the human beings, you know, <laughs> like, like they were before they went to work. You know, just people and... You know, and think more often than not, if you were to contact people and, and say, "Could I ask you some questions?" They'll time might be time might be an issue, so they may not respond. But if time is an issue, then they're most likely to go, "Yeah, happy to, happy to answer questions you have if you want to call, whatever." You know, happy to help. So yeah, I think you're right. That thing about being coming across as a bit more natural and dare I say authentic, but you know, 
it's more approachable i think is like is um is is, is really important um laura is i mean you you know you've got you know great position because like you know you work you're not going to uni but obviously you spend a lot of time you know um with you know kelly and here and of the other other ambassadors so what is it that what is it you think the employers should be focusing on when it's when it comes to right well we need to hire people you know who are about to enter the world of work um what would you what would you say to them i think it's interesting because all of the points that Callie and kira have just said about like being authentic and posting day in the life videos and things like that when we flip it on its head and kind of ask students what is it that you want a day in the life video is the one thing that they always say, like, no matter what, we can guarantee you that if we ask, like, what kind of content do you want to see? It's always at the top of the list. And I think that just shows employers that they need to be actually doing this kind of content. And obviously, from a not going to uni perspective, we try and aid and help within that through our not going to uni create services. Mm -hmm. And like, we would actually go in and film that content for them. And that's great. However, they can also be doing that themselves. Yeah. And a lot of the young people that they are hiring, probably be more than willing to do so like people like Kira and Callie obviously create content for us but I'm sure they'd be happy to do it for their organization as well it's just uh it's about using the people you have I think to draw in the new candidates that you're looking for um and I think they're just having this content that kind of shows what it is like to to work at that place but also the culture and things like that of the company are like things that just come up all the time of what students want to see so employers really need to kind of be focusing on that to get the candidates in that they're looking for it's true, it's, and it's not. It's it's kind of second nature to pick up, pick up the phone and and just start filming something. You know, it's yeah. it's, it's just I think very second nature. So it make makes sense to tap into that for sure. And I think um, sometimes there's a bit of a hesitation, isn't there? Kind of what if we if we let let people loose to say you know to do their day in the lives. Well, we have less control. Well, it starts with trust. If you hide, hide them in the first place, then, you know, there's surely got to be some trust there that they're going to be doing the right thing or not doing the wrong thing, more more to the point. Um, and not necessarily putting in place guidelines for what you mustn't do, but just creating some sort of, you know, loose parameters to saying that this is the kind of things that, you know, that we're, we're looking for. But then otherwise, just trust your people to, yeah, to, um, to do it, to start you know, contributing. Sorry, Chris, just to jump in, just thought of another point, just around the fact that I think the young people that they've obviously hired in the first place have seen something within that company for them to actually want to work there anyway. Exactly. So using these people that one, know how to use social media and film these videos already, but also have that kind of insight into, into why they wanted to work at this company in the first place. It's kind of a win-win. Why are you mm. not going to use the people that you know enjoy working there and mm. also know how to make the content? It's kind of a no-brainer, isn't it? Yeah. Hundred percent, and it's it's like it's a modern day version of the photo shoot that gives you the picture of the person at work with a quote. You know, next to them, it's, it goes back to what you were, were saying earlier on, on about maybe having that the kind of content that maybe puts up a bit of a barrier, and you might even just you know scroll past. Um, it's great. Look, I suppose final thoughts really now, Ari. So if you know we get we've got people watching, listen to this who are in the business of going, we need to put ourselves in front of Gen Z to make sure that we, you know, we, we are seen as, as an employer and, and also we want to make sure we get the right people. What, what one or two pieces of advice would you give them if they were going into their next meeting and thinking about what we're thinking about our next campaign, you know, what, 
what advice, one or two pieces of advice would you give them? Um, Kira, let's start with you. I would say give off well have have a have a think about what what is it that you like how do you want to come across to potential employees what is what is it that's unique about your company why should people want to work for you and then make sure that you're actually showcasing this in your marketing and in your campaigning um and i think the key thing for me if that was if i was in a position to sort of you know tell companies about this i would say um like be authentic that is like one of the main things that people appreciate especially um nowadays i think that transparent um element of element of things people really do um value that and i think that is that will really put you ahead um of other companies if you do all of those things yeah, great cheers kieran what, what about yourself kelly yeah, I'd just say, make sure you're speaking to the audience that you want to reach. So if that's Gen Z, then make sure you're speaking their language as well. If you're kind of trying to reach a younger audience, a different demographic, you need to speak to them in a way that they can respond and relate to. Um, whether that's the platforms you use or the actual language you use, just make sure everything is consistent. And I think that consistency point goes through to the content you're creating as well, because if I'm going to look at a business and I might want to work for them, I'll go straight to their Instagram account. And if I see that they've got one post every four months, I'm a bit suspect of it. But if I can see that, okay, they did something really exciting, like a team social on Friday, but then they showed a bit of normal life on Monday. Great. It just gives a more well-rounded and like Kira said, authentic view of them. And so I think just kind of being consistent, speaking in a way that the audience want, you're wanting to attract can understand is just so important. Yeah, nice. That, that thing about turning up regularly is important, isn't it? You, you know, only have to look at, you know, all the content creators out there on YouTube, on TikTok, you know, where that turning up regularly is appreciated. And that turning up regularly also is an, enables you to, you know, get the vibe, the rapport of that, that individual or that organisation. So that thing about turning up regularly is, 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 is really important. And actually, tapping into the day in the life content, you know, which is maybe lower production value, but sits very nicely along with other, other video content is your chance then to, to be regular and to turn up regularly and, you know, to, yeah, well, to be consistent as you, as you say, um, good stuff. Well, well, we could chat for longer for sure, but, um, but I think you've got, uh, you've, you've got some golf to play here yeah. and, uh, and a, and a gin in oh, a yeah. few hours time. So, We'll um, I think we'll, we'll 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 leave it leave it there. But thanks very much. Really appreciate it. And um, yeah, yeah. We'll thanks so later. much for having us. Thank you. Thanks. Bye.